Uh, it's hard to believe that we're halfway through 2018. Where has this year gone already? It's uh, kind of unbelievable. And I'm so thankful for what the Lord has been able to do in our church thus far and look forward to even more fruit to abound to His account uh, going forward. And uh, unity is a wonderful thing. And I'm so thankful for it. You know, you think of a human, uh, of a, uh, uh, the unity, it brings harmony, it brings peace. And every family wants that, right? Every family wants that harmony and peace. Uh, I believe every church should desire the same thing, to have harmony and peace within uh, the church family as well. Uh, sadly, though, it's not the case. And there's all kinds of reasons we've been looking at uh, what can affect our, our unity. And this will probably be my last message about things that kind of destroy unity going forward. We'll look at things that will bring us unity. And uh, so I look forward to that. But uh, just this is the last one that I was thinking about. And uh, it's a very important one. Uh, and uh, we need to watch out for it. You're, you'll soon know what it is. In First Samuel chapter 18, we're going to start uh, down verse number 6. And it came to pass as they came with David, uh, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing, meeting King Saul with tambourines and joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul have slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed but thousands. What can he have more but the kingdom? Jealousy. We're going to look at jealousy and how it overtook this king. And the reality reality is it overtakes so many people today. And it totally destroys unity. Biblical unity and jealousy cannot mix. Okay, it's not like, well, I can be a little bit jealous and still have unity. There's not a possibility. All right, it, it won't mix. And one, they can't coexist. It's not, it's, it's not possible. The word jealousy means the passion of particular uneasiness, that passion of unpicular easiness, which arises from the fear. Remember I mentioned this morning, fear makes you do all kinds of crazy things? You know, this is the part of jealousy. The fear that a rival may rob us of some affection of one whom we love or suspicion that he's already done it, or is the uneasiness that arises from the fear that another one does or will enjoy some advantage which we desire for ourselves. If we're going to endeavor to do right, if we're endeavor to have unity in your life, you'll have to face this temptation, this sin of jealousy. And we're going to look at it, examine it in the life of the king of Israel. Saul had a wonderful chance to do what was right. He had other issues too. So I don't want you thinking at the end of this message, the only issue that Saul had was jealousy. No, but it was one. But it's a principle that we can take as a little side note, is that when we let one sin overtake us, it's easy for other ones to come in too. It's very easy. So if we have, if there's a sin in our life that we know about, we're not taking care of it, it is really easy for another one to slip in. And this was the case here uh, with uh, jealousy with King Saul. He came very jealous of David. And the reality is, every one of us here can do the very same thing that King David did. You're like, no, no, Pastor. Not. Yes, you can. Because you're no different than King Saul. You're flesh and blood. You're human, right? There's no one here not human. Right? We're all human. We can, these things can happen to us if we're not careful. I can remember about 20 years ago, I was an intern at Open Bible Baptist Church in Elmer, Ontario, a little 
small community, no, I shouldn't say little small, it's a small town in southern Ontario. And uh, I was helping out there for three weeks. Uh, I was part of my education uh, f- at Faithway there. I had to go somewhere and intern for a while. Uh, I just, I recently just signed up my transcript. I did such a good week, uh, three weeks there. I got an A. I didn't know that until like 20 years later. Uh, I felt really proud about that. But anyway, uh, I was there helping out different ways. And I got and preached one evening. I had to preach with the internship. I had to preach a couple times. And uh, I preached that evening. And after the service, a gentleman came up to me. And he started talking to me. And he had been a preacher in a Fellowship Baptist Church for many years before, in like in the 70s and probably 80s and 90s, I should say. He said the Lord was greatly using him. Great things were happening in his church. He said, then he told me something happened. He said, I got my eyes off the Lord. And he said, you know what I started doing? And I'll never forget this conversation. i got to be honest, it was really one of those things that really helped me in the ministry he said, I got my eyes off what the Lord was doing in our church, and I started looking at this church, and they had more people attending. He said, I saw this church, and they had more money. I saw this church, they had more buses. I saw this church, they had better staff than I did. He said, I became jealous. I became jealous. And he said, it soon consumed me. He said, I wrecked my ministry. This was his own testimony. I guess he felt he needed to tell a young pastor or a young fellow who was looking to get in the ministry. He told me that. He said, it wrecked my ministry. He said, it almost destroyed my family. He said, it's real. And you need to watch out for it. And I'm giving you the same warning this evening that we got to watch out for it. I mean, if it, if it ruined his, his ministry and almost destroyed his family, it does not bring unity, does it? You've got to watch out for it. So with King Saul, we see some things. Verses uh, five to, or verse six to nine. There, uh, verse nine says, "And Saul, Saul, I, David, from that day and forward." So the reality about jealousy: jealousy is our own doing. We decide if we're going to be jealous. You know, you know the background of the story, right? David had uh, gotten up to Goliath. And stone and sling, and you know we know that he was killed. David uh, chops off his head with his sword, and they chase the Philistines back to their walled cities. Great victory, marvelous victory, it was unbelievable. I mean, if it happened today in our society, in our communication, all our smartphones would light up. You know, victory, massive, enemy defeated. You know, freedom in the land. You know, it would have been massive. And he did such a great job. Saul sent them over his men. And David is not much more mature than when he went up and told King Saul that I'll go fight him. And he's still a young, ruddy man. You know, he's not very old. And the victorious army returns from the battlefield. And verse 7, as they entered the cities of Israel, uh, the women come out and they're rejoicing. I think of like a VE day or VJ day, you know, uh, after the war was ended. People are celebrating in the streets, there's great tribulation, you know, everyone's happy, yes, 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 the boys are coming home, you know, the enemy's been defeated. And then in verse 7 is where it all really begins. And Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. That's what the population says. 
Now, I'm very comfortable in saying that they loved their king more than they loved David. Who's David? David just showed up. I mean, I know David just won the victory in the sense he fought Goliath, but they loved their king. Not for a moment, though I see in Scripture that they were looking to have an insurrection or coup d'etat and put David in place. No, King Saul was their king. You know, he he heeded that refrain in his mind. And, you know, with jealousy, it kind of goes hyperspeed, I believe. And they think David's better than me. And they think David's a greater warrior than me. And uh, what should be greater? He's going to be greater than me. There's nothing left for him but the kingdom. Now, the kingdom's never mentioned, right, by the people singing? It's never mentioned. And in leadership, you need to remember that a leader doesn't do everything excellent. I can tell you right now, you would not want me to be back on the soundboard. Because you would not get any recordings to hear anyone preaching. I am not excellent in that area over there, okay, folks? I'm not. So the reality is, King Saul might not be the great warrior like David is, and David is a great warrior, right? There's no doubt about it. But that still does not refrain from him that he's the king. He's still the king. And the reality is everyone's got their gifts and their abilities, but Saul at this moment is not that. He's going down the road of jealousy. He's, he's got an issue, and he's following it. He's upset. It's his doing. And you know why he got there? It's because his eyes were off the Lord already. He had already been involved with rebellion. He, he didn't do what was right. So now, like I said earlier, it's easier when we got sin in our life for another sin to get in. And this is what happens. Jealousy gets in here. And that pastor I mentioned earlier, he told me the same thing. He's got his eyes off the Lord. And he examined everybody else and became jealous of perceived positions of power, perceived advantages. You know, if I went to those four churches he kind of mentioned, those scenarios, every one of those churches would tell me that it's not as good as it looks. You know, the grass is not, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, right? It's not really greener. It just looks better at the time. You know, because you don't like, want to deal with what you gotta deal with here. But the reality is, he got his eyes off the Lord, and we need to make sure that we're keeping them on the Lord. We need to be watching. Well, how's the Lord directing? And mark it down, folks. If we get our eyes off the Lord, it's certainly easy for jealousy to slip in. Because our focus is not right. Our, you know, our perception is not right because it's, what does other people have? You know, I see that guy driving by with a boat. I'm jealous. I want a boat too. I'd love to go. I would really like to go for a boat ride this week. Well, I did go yesterday on a raft, but you know, a power boat. You know, go on a lake this week. It would have been so nice if I didn't have a headache, but you know what I'm saying? You know, just scooting along the pond and letting the wind blow on my face and go, you know, throw my kids in the lake or whatever. It's really easy when you get your eyes off the Lord to get jealous. And it's our doing. I read this statement in the book, and it's such a good statement. The man who keeps busy helping the man below him will not have the time to be jealous of the man above him. The reality, the, the writer was referring to about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish he would have put that in this statement. But the idea is that, hey, as servants of Jesus Christ, we need to be more concerned about serving than what other people have. Or what advantage we think they have. So the, he says, the man who keeps busy helping the man below him will not have time to be jealous of the man above him And I love this last part. And there may not be anyone above him anyway. 
Just because the guy next door has got the boats, the cars, and everything else doesn't mean he's any better than you. I mean, that is the, that's the world's philosophy at its height. No, no, the Lord has a plan for you. Be happy in that plan. <clears throat> I think I'm pretty screwed saying that if I never have a boat, I'll still be happy. Amen? It's, it's not about a boat. It's about serving Jesus Christ. You know, so keep the perspective right. But we've got to watch out for it because jealousy is our own doing. Jealousy often motivates us to do wicked things. Verse number 10. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul. And he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand as other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, and he said, I will smite David, even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, and he was departed from Saul. When Saul heard the song of the women uh, as he went through the towns, I really believe it kind of replayed in his mind all the time. He wouldn't stop. Because that's how jealousy works. It festers. It doesn't go away. If he didn't remove it, it would fester. Find It'll find a place to root in the life, and it'll bring forth its fruit. And it affects your feelings and emotions, and it brings forth a horrible fruit. You don't want the fruit of jealousy. It's bad. It's horrible. And one of those fruit is, you know, doing wicked things. David did not know of anything, I think, of this jealousy that was found in the heart of the king. And if anything... David wanted to serve the king. If you read the life of David, he loved King Saul. I mean, he loved the king. And just read it. If you're not sure about that, say, you know, I don't know, Pastor Alka. Read it and see he loved King Saul. We know later when he was Saul was chasing him through the mountains, wanting to kill him, David reframed the hand from hurting the king. No, every one of us in this room, if that was the case for us, we would find justification to kill the king. But David said, no, I will not. He's the Lord's anointed. I love the king, so forth. It was amazing that he wouldn't do it. But when jealousy enters our life, if we allow it, just like any sin, you know, biblical thinking disappears. When we allow sin to get rooted in our heart, and it doesn't matter about jealousy, any sin, we allow it to get rooted in our hearts, it, it just... Biblical thinking can't exist with sin because it's it's one or the other, right? They don't they don't intertwine, and we got to watch out for it. And Saul let that jealousy fester day in day out, and I can almost see his face as he is in his palace. And this evil spirit from God. So the idea here is God had removed his hand from Saul. This is before the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in the believers. Uh, so God had removed his spirit from uh, Saul. He allowed evil spirit. God is not the God of evil. Amen. He's not. He's not the God of evil, but he, he would no longer protect Saul from evil spirits. And we know from God's word, there is evil spirits in the world. So he removed his hand from Saul. These evil spirits came upon him. And the idea that he prophesied here, this is not that God gave him some word to say. This is the idea of someone who is unbalanced and is saying all kinds of crazy statements, is incoherent, it's not making sense. You've probably seen it or read about it in magazines or books or whatever, people who you know, who are not balanced. They have maybe chemical imbalance or they have some sort of mental issue. This is the idea here. This is not the idea that he gave some great word, a prophecy for men to go do. This was indicators of he wasn't balanced. He wasn't on the right track for God. So this is where he is. 
and, and he's watching David. David can see it's physically uh, able to be seen that he was not right. Saul was not right. Maybe before this prophecy, David had seen the king give orders and things. Now he sees the king making these crazy statements and he's like, I need to play my instrument uh, to help him calm down and, and get in the right place. And I can almost see his face. Saul's face. He's consumed. The fellow in the corner who loves him, the king, who's playing his instrument to try to soothe the king's heart, Saul is consumed with jealousy towards him. He's growing. And it's sad, it's a scary thing to see that this still happens today. It can happen to believers today. We need to watch out for it. And I've observed it, I've seen it, I've witnessed people who are extremely jealous of other believers and it's sad. It's no biblical thinking, no biblical rationale. It's, uh, it's all about me. I have to get it better than you. You have an advantage I believe you have. And I have to tear you down. I have to be better. And it's not what the Bible tells us. So I can see Saul sitting in his throne and he's watching David play and he sees a javelin and he tosses that David. He wants to pierce him to the walls of his court. Folks, that's wicked. That's wrong. I understand as a king, he had that authority to kill who he would like. You know, he, he would give answer to God for it, but he had that authority. But to take it and, and, and throw it at David, and you think you got a bad boss? <laughs> David had worse, okay? Okay. It wasn't once that David, you know, skewed it away from the, the javelin. It was twice. You know, he, he just... You know, this, this jealousy just consumed him and it was unbelievable. You know, there's a story told of a Grecian many years ago during the height of the Greek Empire. One of the fellows in his little town had won some award. I believe it was some sort of race. They used to have those big races and games and things. One of the guys in his town had won an award and they had erected a statue in his honor. And that, that man, that Grecian, was so upset, he was so jealous, that at night, when no one could see him, he would go and deface the memorial. I mean, really? <laughs> really? That's going to make you feel better by doing that. I mean, it's, I mean, that's so, you know, irrational, right? Why would you don't do that? Who cares? It's done. It's past. You can't change it. He did it at night so he wouldn't get caught. He got caught though. It's all, it's pretty sad. It's just because jealousy motivated him to do it. And verse, uh, uh, the next one is that jealousy will render us ineffective for service. Jealousy will render us ineffective for service. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and he was departed from Saul. So obviously, again, there's a correlation of a number of sins taking place in Saul's life, but right now we're really seeing the effects of jealousy. It founds the place to fester, grows. God's not pleased. He removes his hand from King Saul. So God could not use King Saul desired anymore. Now the king desires to kill that man. God cannot use any one of us here this evening as Christians if there's any sin in our life that we refuse to deal with. And we're looking specifically at the sin of jealousy. You know, the reality is a jealous spirit doesn't take long to see, does it? I've been in rooms. We're sitting with somebody 
and that person sitting next to me is jealous of the guy who comes to the room. And I'm telling you right now, it's almost instantaneous. I can see the reaction. One minute they're talking to me all nicey-nice, and we're having a great conversation. That person comes to the room, and it's like a laser beam out of their eyes, and they're watching them. Yeah, I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, think of that verse in James, you know, it talks about one minute we're saying nice things, fresh water, and the next it's vile things, or communication's not right. We need to watch out for that. It'll, it'll destroy your witness. Because you know, if, if you let jealousy, you let any sin stay long enough, it'll soon come out, right? And the people at work will know. People understand real quick that you're, you're having an issue. Your testimony's affected. You're, you're not as effective for church or for serving the Lord. And yes, you might hide it from me. And yes, you might hide it from most of the church, but it's going to have a serious impact in your heart. And it'll have a serious impact in your family's life. I still can remember that guy telling me, that former pastor, that jealousy almost ruined my family. It was his jealousy, not his kids. It was his. Now, <clears throat> I can remember growing up, and my uh, there was all kinds of bumblebees around my neighborhood. And I remember playing around with them. I never got stung, but I remember seeing them. And I remember my mom telling me, hey, Mark, be careful. Uh, you don't want the honeybee to sting you. And after examining a dead one, I'm like, yeah, mom, you're right. That looks bad. That them stingers looks like it'll hurt. And then I remember her telling me, but if it stings you, the bee will die. I'm like, wow. That, why would the bee want to sting me if he's going to die? Doesn't he know that? <laughs> you know, as a kid, you think a little bit different than an adult, right? And I'm thinking these things, and come to find out many years later that, that it, it really, the stinger getting in you, he can't take it out because of the barbs, the way it's designed. And it actually, it's a mortal wound. When it, that stinger comes out of the body of the bee and into that person or thing, whatever it is, or animal, he's going to die. There's no way around it. It's such a, such a traumatic event for the bee. It's, it's, it's not possible to overcome it. And sometimes, in our, if we get that, that jealous spirit going in our hearts and lives, we think that we can sting that person to make us feel better. I'm going to tell you now, that's a lie. That's Satan getting you to act out your jealousy some more. Because the reality is, that stinger of yours goes in, and it may sure hurts that person a little bit, but they probably don't even know how deeply jealous you are of them. And it doesn't do you any good. It's just further down the road of hurt for you with jealousy. It allows that bitterness to multiply within your heart. Don't do it. Don't do it. Jealousy produces unfounded fear. Therefore Saul removed... <clears throat> so verse 12 says that Saul was afraid of David. Verse 13, Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. So King Saul allows his jealousy to really get firmly implanted in his heart, produces fruit, trying to kill him, wickedness and fear. Saul began to fear David. David was probably his most faithful and wisest servant. 
he would do anything the king would tell him to do. And yet he was afraid of him. And he would do it enthusiastically. If King Saul said, okay, David, uh, we're going to plan a, a two-pronged attack on the Philistines and you're going to lead the expedition, David would be like, yes, sir, right away, sir, four bags full, sir. As I read about David, he just wanted to serve the king. That was his desire. And his... And David's mindset is, I'm serving the king because I love Jehovah, I love God, and God placed the king in charge, and I'm going to follow the king, and I'm going to do my best. So David would have done it. David would have followed the king's requests and desires. And because of his sin of jealousy, he didn't interpret David as a good servant or a soldier. Now he's afraid of him. It's hard to understand. I mean, as much as I've studied this scripture and I've studied it lots, it's hard to understand why King Saul would fear him, isn't it? You know, uh, I talked about my, the sis, my sister this morning being afraid of bumblebees. All right? I can understand why she's afraid of bumblebees because they hurt when they sting you. I understand. But it's really hard for me to understand why King Saul's afraid of him. It's a real foolish fear. It's unfounded. David would have went to the, to the grave for the king. Would have done everything, but Saul was afraid. Because it's a fruit of jealousy is fear. Fear of the other person and what they can get. And jealousy caused Saul to think that David was a traitor. David was seeking his hurt. So thus he was afraid of a man who loved him more than I think almost anybody else in the kingdom. See how much jealousy can blind you? Sin can blind you? It's a horrible situation to see believers overwhelmed with this. And it's occurring, and we need to watch out for it. Uh, someone believes someone has an advantage, and all they can think about is that person, and all they can talk about is that person, and always in a negative light. It's never positive. And you know what I found out in my 20 years of ministry now, with dealing with people with jealousy and things, is the person that they're jealous of doesn't have a clue about it. They don't know. They, they didn't understand. They didn't see it or weren't aware of it. Jealousy produces fears that are totally unfounded. It's not rational. Jealousy will ruin your life. Jealousy will ruin your life. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. And he did a good job as he served Israel. Saul saw that David was right in his dealings with the people. And he feared him even more. Jealousy was just... And again, it was alongside of other sins that were in his life. It wasn't just jealousy. But we need to understand the principle that you leave, let one sin in, other ones can quickly follow. They're all running on that same parallel trail. And it was ruining his life. Actually, jealousy was running his life at this point. It was running him. Jealousy would cause him to chase David all over the countryside when the real enemy, the Philistines, were hurting the kingdom. They were hurting the kingdom. And thus, his leadership was greatly diminished in the nation of Israel uh, because now Israel was getting, in the hurt, was getting hurt in the process of his jealousy. Because of his jealousy, he was running around in all those caves and the Philistines were raiding the land. So Israel was saying, where's our king? Where's our army to defend us? Chasing down a man who he's jealous of. Hey, Jealousy affects way more than just yourself. And it'll, it'll ruin your life if you don't take care of it. His jealousy led him to try to kill his own son, Jonathan. 
who loved David. Can you imagine that? Trying to kill your own flesh and blood. I mean, Saul has a problem, right? It was a problem. It was jealousy. And when I read a story of Saul's life, I can't help but think that maybe this chapter could have been so much different if he wasn't jealous of David. We all know that by now that the Lord had removed His hand from Saul because of the wickedness He had done. But if this didn't happen, it could have been so much more productive. There could have been a few more years of keeping the Philistines at bay and maybe beating them back and bringing more freedom and, and more liberty to Israel. He would have been a better king. But he chose this. He allowed that sin to enter and find a place. It rooted his life. It brought forth its fruit. And it affected the entire nation. It ruined them. It ruined him. You remember that Grecian I told you about? You know, he was really jealous of that guy in his town who won some award and they put up a memorial. According to the story, which I definitely cannot verify now because everyone's dead from that time period. Uh, but according to the story, he tried to uh, destroy that monument, you know, try to tear off the arms of the monument, whatever. And he got caught. You know how they caught him? One morning they went out and they found him underneath the memorial. It fell on top of him and killed him. And because the guy won an award and they put a memorial for him, he had to tear it down. And in the process of tearing it down, it took his life. That's jealousy. It will destroy you if you don't take care of it. Beware. I mean, seriously, folks, beware of jealousy. It will ruin your life if you don't move to take take care of it and remove it from your life. And it's not a thing, well, well, you know, I'll take care of it next week. No, you need to move with some urgency here. Okay, you, it needs to be something that if you know it's in your heart or maybe it's just getting a little spot in your in the corner of your heart, you take care of it. Take care of it, because if you don't, man, it's going to do you some serious harm. You need to watch out for it. You know, jealousy, when you're motivated by jealousy, you're, you're trying to hurt the other person. That's, that, that's what's going to happen if you allow it to fester. So you shoot at the other person to wound him or her. But the reality is, by shooting that arrow of trying to wound the other person, you hurt yourself way more. You hurt yourself. It does not help the cause of Christ. It removes unity. It tears down uh, possibilities of growth. You know, you need to get it out. If you desire unity of the fellowship, jealousy has to be aggressively rooted out of your life. You can't leave, you can't let it stay there. And I'm so glad to tell you that if you have that, you have a remedy in Jesus Christ. Amen. He's your hope. He is your help to help you get over that jealousy. And as a Christian, we can come to the Lord this evening and say, Lord, forgive me for the jealousy in my heart and my life. Give me the strength not to do that anymore. Help me to keep my eyes focused upon you. I have not met uh, uh, godly individuals who are jealous. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they get tempted, but they don't go down that road. Because when you get your eyes fixed on the Lord, why are, you, why are you too concerned? You're too busy serving Jesus Christ to be worried about what's going on around you. In that realm, just like that statement says, you're so busy helping the man below you, you don't got time to be jealous. 
And you just want to serve Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here tonight and you're dealing with <clears throat> maybe a little bit of a jealous spirit or maybe you're tempted to be jealous. Hey, just bring it to the Lord. Don't, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't let us set for another day. Don't let us set for another hour. Just get taken care of. And look to the Lord to help you. And I know that it will help you each and every time. You want unity of fellowship? Jealousy's got to go. It can't be existing in your heart. Jealousy has to exit your life, and you've got to focus on Jesus. And you have unity in your heart and life. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.